Alright, well, we are we back, are back here, here once, once again, again for our very first March edition of the Home Field Advantage podcast. This is Big Mo. Glad to be back with you after a fairly lengthy layoff. And uh, I have Action Jackson, of course, the one and only, here with me. Action, it's good to be back, my friend. It's good to be back, man. You know, we, we can officially say that March Madness has begun. And why can we yes. say that? Because the number one cast is back on the air. Uh, you know, just hearing the music, you know, going back in my mind, it never ceases to amaze me when uh, a wrestler you hadn't seen in a while makes a comeback and that music hits and you're like, man, I can't believe he's back. I hope that's how the fans feel now that we're back. Well, that's the way I feel being here with you because, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I, I'm trying to think of when our last cast was. I think it was sometime in January. We we all know that February is a is a dreary month that most people would like to forget. I, I include myself in that camp for sure. And uh, I am glad we're on to March, one of my absolute favorite months of the year, probably in the top three. Uh, I've got my March Madness shirt ready to go, Razorback red. And uh, man, did the que- I think the question on everyone's mind today is: uh, Do the Hogs have another, a third consecutive March run in them this year? No, the, uh, the that question's up in the air right now. I mean, uh, <laughs> we really don't know what we're going to get when the team steps on the court. Are we going to get the team that that uh, that, that won by thirty-two, or are we going to get the team that? Uh, didn't show up in the second half against Alabama and lost by three, or are we going to get whatever last night was in Tennessee that I really don't want to rehash? I agree. I agree. I mean, I think I'm pointing out the obvious when I say Arkansas's main problem right now is the second half. And that's a huge concern. Yes, it is. Very concerning. Because if you just look at our first half against Alabama, you would think we very well could be one of the top ten teams in the country. I mean, we went into the number two team, uh, two team uh, in Tuscaloosa, ranked second in the country, and gave them all that they wanted. We were leading at halftime, and uh, looking looking good. I mean, looking in control. Frankly, watching that first half, I thought Alabama did well to keep it as close as they did going into the half. And then the second half, go ahead. I want to say that that's not just a a number two by by proxy. That's one of a legit number two team in the country. That's going to be a number one seed in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, it was was a very good, very solid first half. Yeah. And, and And then the second half, like you said, somehow found a way to, uh, to completely disintegrate, you know? I, you know, I think if I'm correct, I think we missed 
10 free throws in the second half, and we lost by three. So yeah. I had to circle one thing. Free throw shooting in the second half has, has just been abysmal, uh, it seems like, all year. Uh, it has. I think, our most, I think our most complete game was, you know, when we went on the road at Rupp Arena and, and beat Kentucky. I think that's our most complete game that we've had. And because, uh, you know, the, the blowout over Georgia, you know, that, that really – it's still, you know, you beat an SEC team by more than 30, but it's not, a, to me, it's not as impressive as the complete game you put against the Kentucky, who is playing pretty well right now. Uh, so, yeah. you know, just having a complete game, because then, and you alluded to it, I still think we're one of the top 10 teams in the country. If you look at our roster, I mean, talent from one end to the other, and but if some of them get in foul trouble, we haven't been so good off the bench. And I think that's another thing that's been hurting us is, is our scoring off the bench. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, it's, it's something that we've got to – we've got to improve on the free throw shooting, got to improve in the second half. But uh, it's like you said, we did – the Kentucky game was a perfect picture of what we want. Absolutely. And – we uh, frankly have a chance to get back to that this weekend, do we not? Yes, we do. Uh, on our court this time, uh, that was, uh, I, I had to go back and look at it, but that was one of the most lopsided losses that we've had in Kentucky in that building at Rupp Arena. So we haven't won there very many times. There's only a handful of times we've even won a game there. But uh, to win it by 15 uh, in a game where never really it was never really a contest after about the midway point in the second half of Kentucky could keep up yeah I'm looking at this this weekend being a get right game for Arkansas going into the tournament which is exactly what they need and uh, I mean speaking of of teams giving giving other teams good games I'm looking right now at the score uh, of Auburn and Alabama. Auburn is actually leading Alabama in Tuscaloosa tonight by one point with four minutes, ten seconds left to play in the game, 68-67. So that's something to keep an eye on. And <clears throat> speaking of Kentucky, Vanderbilt went into Kentucky tonight and came out with a win, 68-66, two-point win by Vanderbilt. So it's like you said, SEC is a tough, tough conference this year. It really is. And I think it's a conference that, I mean, uh, very honestly, could produce a national champion. Uh, I mean, I, 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 really do, I really do believe that could come out of our conference. Uh, whether it's, you know, a hot Arkansas team that, uh, that you know, when, once you get in that tournament setting, you know as well as I do, it's one game at a time. And, and what is Eric Musselman been great at since he's been at Arkansas. Getting the boys to play yep. one game. One game. I don't need you to play in the Sweet 16. I need you to play in the round of 64 so we can make it to 32 so we can go to 16. I yes. need you to play this game. We're not promised tomorrow. And I think you're going to see Saturday that the fans, uh, we've, we've become spoiled the last few years. And yeah. we, we want to win. Uh, we thought we were above mediocrity, and I, I'm not going to call what we have now big mo mediocrity. But we're, we're on the brink 
saying something great. And we just got to grab it. We got to grab it while it's there to do it. Yep. Absolutely. Well, if I have to nit- nitpick us this year, though, looking as a se- at the season of a ho- as a whole, <clears throat> obviously we got good wins over Kentucky. We uh, didn't even mention while we were gone, had a very, very nice win over the Florida Gators by 19 points yeah. in, uh, in Bud Walton on February 18th. That's always a huge feather in your cap, especially in my eyes, because – for decades now, Florida seems to always have our number in every sport. So to not only beat Florida, but to just very soundly, soundly beat Florida about 19 points is real good feeling. But the problem to me, it seems like, is the SEC West. And that's something, I'll be honest with you, Jackson, it doesn't sit well with me. It doesn't sit well with me. We've got too many losses on here in, S- uh, in SEC West games. I'm counting one, two, three. Let's see here. Uh, four, five, six. We've got six losses in the in just the SEC West. It's too many. Two of those to Alabama. Two of those to Alabama. Uh, we got one to A&M, one at home to Mississippi State, which definitely shouldn't have that. Uh, we got one against LSU and uh, one against Auburn. And these are teams that, you know, uh, I mean, you, 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 the SEC West is much better this year than they usually are. We'll, we'll give them that. I, but, I you, you know, you've got to limit that. You, you, you want your losses to be against the, um, you know, I mean, frankly, we made up for it with Kentucky, but to the Tennessee, Alabama, you can you can see those losses, uh, but you know, you know losing to to your, to, point, uh, to your point about Florida, you know, for all those years, uh, yeah. I, I think I think on the basketball court, Tennessee filled that role. It seems like lately they've just had our number, and uh, and, and yep. they did it once again last night. And you know, we we hate that gaudy orange, and we we hate to hear Rocky Top and. I know we, we have the same feelings about Tennessee, but it just seems like that they're the thorn in our side in basketball right now. And until we pluck them out of there, they're going to continue to antagonize. Yeah, they really are. They really are. So looking ahead, I'm, I think we're setting up for what could be an eight or nine scene in the tournament. That's the way I'm seeing it right now. Let me pull up our SEC standings. Um, I believe a win over Kentucky. Right now, we are sitting, as of today, in the number, let's see, 16, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. We're sitting in the 9 spot, technically. There's actually a three-way tie for the 8 seed, and that's with Mississippi State, Arkansas, and Florida. We all have 8 and 9 records. We're all going to finish above the 10 seed. We're going to get a minimum of a 10 seed, all three of those teams. Uh, One of those teams is going to get the 8 seed, and there's a possibility – that one of those teams could get the uh, a seven seater better too. So, for example, if Auburn loses tonight, that's going to drop them to nine and eight, 
And then Auburn, I don't think, will be in reach for us, though, because even if we have the same record, they're going to have the tiebreaker. Same thing with Missouri. Now, with Missouri, I believe we're going to have the, we could have the tiebreaker over Missouri. Is that right? Because we split uh, the series. I believe that's correct. <laughs> so let's see who, uh, who Missouri – Missouri either plays tonight or tomorrow night. Missouri is playing right now, actually, at LSU. At LSU. LSU, who, by the way, is, man, not going to make the tournament one of the cellar dwellers of the of the league. You wouldn't have thought that when uh, when they beat us in the first SEC game of the year this year, that they'd be 2-14. and 14. Unfortunately, one of those two wins is against the Arkansas Razorbacks. That, that, uh, that would label it as a bad loss. Uh, <laughs> no, it's, it's the Battle of the Tigers down on the bayou tonight, and LSU leads it 15-11. to 11. Missouri's 21-8, and eight, which, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a very, very good-looking record coming out of the SEC Still right around. now. Sure. So, I mean, it, w- it would be nice if LSU could beat them tonight and uh, drop Missouri down. I'm trying to see – who Missouri's last game would be against. Uh, let's see who's last on the schedule for them. They would have to lose tonight, and then they would have to lose at home against Ole Miss. I don't see them losing both tonight and at home against Ole Miss. So, from where I'm sitting, yeah, from where I'm sitting, it, it looks almost a certainty that Arkansas's best seed going into the SEC tournament will be the eighth seed. And that will set them up. If they get the eighth seed or, or the nine seed, either one, that's going to set them up to play the eight-nine matchup at noon, I believe, on uh, on Thursday. Okay. So from that point, let me, let me check on the bracket here. If they play the 8-9 matchup, that'll be at noon central on Thursday. Then they would advance to play the number one seed on at noon on Friday if they were to win that game as either the 8 or the 9 seed. That number one seed, is that still, is that still going to be Alabama? I think that's something that could definitely change. Let's see what the standings are here. Uh, Alabama's 15 and one. If they lose tonight, that would drop them to 15 and two. A and M is the closest team to them at 14 and three. I don't see A and M overtaking them. I'm 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 going to call it right now. I'm going to say Alabama's your number one seed in the SEC tournament. Yeah, that's pretty pretty safe assumption. So, that would give the Hogs a third meeting against Alabama if they were to win the 8-9 matchup and uh, a chance to really end the season with a statement. You know what I mean? You're, yeah, you know, you're talking about a matchup against a team that's probably going to be a one seed in the yeah. NCAA tournament. And, uh, you're getting a third crack at them. And, uh, I mean, if you can't get up for that game, can't get up for anything. I mean, there, there's. I mean, what, what are we even? What are we putting on the race for? If we can't get up for that game, 
is still up by one, 73. Oh, I say that Alabama just hit a three to go up by two with a minute 35 left to play. So extremely tight game right now against the Crimson Tide and the That's Tigers. That's a scrappy Alabama team, too. I mean, they're just scrappy. I mean, uh, and, you know, the other day, not to give them too much praise because this is definitely a Razorback cast. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they just they come out of the second half and just hit us in the mouth, and, and we never recovered. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, it just it's just been that kind of year, and it, it's frustrating because it makes me feel like we're the new Kentucky. I say that because, you know, Kentucky's getting all these five-star recruits, and then what happened? They get on the court, and they find out they can't play together. So there's no chemistry. Once Coach Cal got the chemistry built up, then Kentucky began to win. And I just think that's the mode that we're in right now. And, you know, we had some key losses. You know, Nick Smith being out most of the year, that's an excuse you can make. Uh, the the Travion Brazil loss was just uh, that was just a killer. Um, you because know, I know Nick's doing some knee management for the for the for his future, and you know you gotta try to be respectful and understanding of that. And but losing Travion Brazil, which I think we've already spoke on, uh, that was just a big loss for that team. And but they recovered. I mean, I think they recovered nicely. They just let some games slip away and uh, it's just been that kind of year as a fan and you want to listen you want to watch but at the same time you know I, I'm almost tired of setting myself up for failure and uh, but no lost love for them I mean I love them and once I hear that woo pig silly I'm right back in the corral you know I'm ready to see what we gotta what we gotta go tackle you know uh, it's just we need this win Saturday need to win Saturday against Kentucky, first and foremost. Yeah, I think we do. And frankly, given how inconsistent Arkansas has been, I kind of expect it. Because if there's one thing that you can almost bank on them to do week to week, it's that they're not they're going to play different than they did the game before. Absolutely. And so I would expect them to really come out. I mean, they, they are a young team, and they play like a young team. Highly inconsistent, and the momentum of the game affects them tremendously. Uh, you know, when when they they've got confidence, they can look almost unbeatable, just be in the flow. And when that confidence is broken, suddenly uh, it, it's almost like they they've never stepped on a basketball court. You know. So so you're calling a a high for shooting a high percentage shooting. Day. Uh, Saturday because they just shot a abysmal last night, so they they have to do the opposite. Uh, you know, which I mean, uh, with, uh, against against Georgia, we we set a record for for shooting percentage, so we know that we can do it. It's just going out there and getting it done. Yes, it is for sure. So. Um... But, but while we're on the subject of, uh, of, of Alabama just a minute ago, uh, any thoughts on uh, Alabama's decision to let Brandon Miller continue to play given the, uh, the allegations that have been made against him and uh, the obvious arrest of his teammate, uh, Miles? You know, it's, uh, it's, a, really, you know, it's a really touchy uh, topic. Uh, 
you know, it's it's almost like, you know, they're doing, you, you think they're doing something that, uh, you know, borderline illegal to, to allow him to continue to play. But at the same time, I heard the argument the other day that he hasn't been charged with anything. And until a charge comes out, uh, there, there are those that think he should continue to be able to play. Uh, I'm, I'm really, I'm kind of on the fence. Uh, you know, as, uh, as a sports fan, uh, I want him to to have a you know have an opportunity. He's a good player. You know, he's he's one of the best players in the country. Can't take anything away from him. But uh, at some point in life, you gotta you gotta remember what's important. Yeah. And there's things more important than basketball. So if it was me and my decision that I would have had to make, I would have said, Hey, look, uh, we respect you. We love you as a kid. We love you as a player. But until this is cleared up, uh, we want you to uh, take a seat and, until this is over. And, uh, I, I think that's the way it should have been handled. I think so, too. I'm very shocked that he's still playing, given that he played such a direct role in a in what turned out to be a murder, actually driving the uh, what turned out to be the murder weapon to the scene. There's an allegation that he blocked the car in when you know, the woman who got shot was, was in it. I'm not a hundred percent convinced about that one. Um, but he certainly did bring the gun after his teammate texted him to, you know, to bring it. And, um, you know, they claim he didn't know it was in the back seat. I, I highly, highly doubt that. Um, but, uh, what amazes me was there's never anything from him, from Miller saying, look, what are you doing? Uh, texted me to, to bring you a gun uh, at one forty-five in the morning. You got to cool down and think about your future, which is what yeah. any decent teammate should have done at that point. Right, right. I, I totally agree. And you know, uh, it, it's you know it's something that you know you, you want to give the proper authorities uh, all the leeway and and uh, you know that they need a proper investigation and I think having a young man you know being on a national spotlight out there playing basketball doesn't doesn't allow you to do that but but the thing I don't get Jackson is how and I understand you were doing it celebration where in the introduction where he gets patted down by a teammate walk on whatever that to me is is so tactless and so um just uh tone deaf of the situation uh that that i I think he should frankly probably be suspended just for that just for that alone of you know if you're going to play the last thing you want to do is draw attention to your legal situation and and the, the kind of jeopardy you put yourself in by your own actions being there at a scene uh, a crime scene where you knew a shooting was just about to happen and, and stayed there and basically I, I think his, his of course his car actually got hit by two of the bullets um, you know it, it's almost insane that in professional sports I don't think it'd be even a question to suspend somebody but it's, it's now become a focal point of every game that Alabama plays. Yeah, and, you know, regardless of who really enforces all this, uh, 
Absolutely. So there's, there's got to be variations there. But any, anyhow. Um, oh, yeah, I also have an update on that game. Alabama and Auburn have gone into overtime now. Wow. And the score is now 82 to 80, Crimson Tide with 2.45 left to play. And Alabama actually just made two free throws, so they've increased it to 84 to 80. So quite a game we have going on in Tuscaloosa. Auburn, of course, uh, to be honest with you, we probably want Alabama to win this game because Auburn is 19-10. and 10. If they lose this game, they'll have the same record as Arkansas, and we probably are going to want them to drop at least one more game after that because uh, Auburn right now is a big competitor for us for making the tournament. be honest with you, I don't. I don't. I, I don't see the chemistry with this team. Even when they're on, I, I just don't see. You have to be able to do it game after game after game. And I have not seen this team get to a level of, of just solid play on a consistent basis to make that kind of run. You have to remember, this is a team that can come up and, and can shock people because they have athleticism. They have a lot of athleticism. They have a lot. Yeah, I mean, I mean, but the measurables, the speed, the jumping ability, the awareness on the court, all that is there. Um, but they, they just don't show up game after game. And it seems to me that teams game plan around them very well, like a well-coached team. We have a hard time against playing a well-coached team, especially like Tennessee. You know, these teams that are good on defense, they know how to shut us down because we're very, we're kind of predictable. You know, Anthony Black is going to want to pass first. Nick Smith Jr. is going to want to basically, uh, at times, take over, the, try to take over the game by himself, and can be forced into uh, into poor shots. Ricky Council Jr. can be hot or cold, and our big men are just, they, they, they don't dominate, you know? They're, they're there, they, they do the best they can, but they don't really take over the game like, uh, you know, other t other teams' big men can, because obviously they're, they're freshmen, they're young, you know? Um, so... 
think once it gets into the tournament, things can change. Because the SEC teams, I think they're more prepared for us than other teams might be. And I do feel like we can match up a lot better. Take a team like Oklahoma. I mean, we trounced Oklahoma or, you know, handled them confidently, even without Nick Smith on a neutral court. Take a team like Baylor. We all know how good Baylor is. Baylor's going to be, you know, one, one of the better seeds in the tournament. And we very nearly beat Baylor in Baylor, again, without Nick Smith. Yeah, took them right to the wire. So I really believe Arkansas is going to greatly outperform in the tournament because they're, they match up well against these teams that haven't seen them before and are not used to their style of play. In the SEC tournament, I honestly think our ceiling is we win the first game, we play Alabama, and we're able to do what Auburn's doing tonight against Alabama, and essentially, you know, Alabama's got a lot of distractions, as we know. And uh, play them tough for 40 minutes instead of 20 this time and, and come out of there with a W, probably in a close game. After, after that, I, I'm thinking in, in on the Saturday game, whatever team has made it to Saturday is locked in. And I, I, I really would, do not see us having three in a row in us, you know, especially after a huge win over Alabama. It seems to me like that Saturday game is just made for a letdown. So. Let's hope, but like it's like you said, we need to win this weekend. But you may be right because if you game plan it out, if if Arkansas would somehow be able to make it to the second round, play Alabama in the SEC tournament, they would most likely be looking at playing in a worst case scenario either the who's probably going to be the five seed, which would be Kentucky, or who's probably going to be I'm sorry the four seed who's going to be Kentucky or the five seed Vanderbilt. I believe Vanderbilt's going to be in the five seed, either Vanderbilt or Missouri. And at that point, we would have Kentucky twice. Yeah. And, and, and. Trying to do what I just said as 
fight for something. Yeah. And give you, I mean, no matter who the four or five seats teams are, as long as Tennessee is not one of them, I think Tennessee is going to get the three. Um, but if it's Kentucky, Missouri, or Vanderbilt, either one of those three, you got to like our chances. Uh, you got to like our chances against. I mean, Arkansas against Kentucky, Missouri, or Vanderbilt. You know. I don't see how you feel intimidated against any one of those three teams at all. Right, right. And like you said, let's, let's make sure we emphasize as long as it's not Tennessee. Oh, yeah, yeah, as long as it's not Tennessee. And I do believe Tennessee, like I said, is going to get the uh, three seed. Update on the Alabama game, 27 seconds left in the game. Bama leads by two, 87-85. Auburn has the ball. So, uh, we, we really need Alabama to win this game, or else Auburn is another team that could possibly force its way into the five seed. It's right there close with, uh, with Vanderbilt on the line, where if, if there's a few losses by Missouri and Vanderbilt, Auburn could wind up as well. We don't want Auburn either. That's one of the, the Razorbacks' benefit is they do get some time off here. The, their last road game, they just got done playing at Tennessee. Now they get to go back to Fayetteville for more than a solid week before they have to go out on, on Thursday to Nashville. I'm sure they'll be flying out there on Wednesday, but um, that's a good solid week of being back home sleeping in your own bed, which I think is going to benefit them, you know? Uh, 
but speaking of, go ahead. So, you know, 
know, they, hopefully they can use this time off to, um, to regroup. But I'll tell you, I have a lot, I, I have to be honest, I have a lot more hope and optimism about NC State making a deep March run than I do at Arkansas because the only thing that gives me really gives me opportunity about Arkansas is our coach. I know that he can he can draw up a game plan, and I feel like our athleticism really matches up well against uh, non-conference opponents. But with NC State, I see a lot of chemistry. We have a, a, a dominant Corliss Williamson-like big man in the middle, DJ Burns, who other teams have to focus on. And then we have two, I mean, just gamer guards in Jaquavia uh, Smith and uh, Jarkel Joyner. And Joyner just about lost his mind last night at the end of the game. He scored 31 points and made three threes inside the last minute of the game to keep it a one-possession game all the way down to the wire against Duke. Almost came back from, uh, I think we were down by eight points or so with a minute 15 left to play. And we almost won the game just because of him alone. And I'm extremely impressed with Clark, who is a uh, small forward slash power forward, number five for NC State. Watched him last night. He's your absolute prototypical role player. Your 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 Scotty Pippen type guy who can do anything. Crashes the boards, can distribute the rock, plays solid defense, makes steals, shuts down the other team's player. So NC State, they've got all the pieces. The problem with NC State, I have to be honest, frankly, it's their coach. Last night, I think we could have beaten Duke, but at the end of the game, for some reason, when when they, when they were inbounding the ball to their seven-foot big man who just had a foul me sign on him, written on him, somehow we wanted to try to strip him of the ball and then foul their point guard. Uh trying to remember what what, Duke's, what what their point guard's name was, but tried to, uh, to uh, decide to foul their point guard and let him shoot the free throws rather than the seven-foot big guy. It's, it's just there was no awareness of in, in, when, when the game's that close, and the reason Duke won the game, frankly, was because they didn't miss a free throw down the stretch. They made them all and made us keep you know chipping away one point at a time with three-pointers. But... As a coach, you've got to tell them, look, if, if that seven-footer touches the ball, you got to foul him and put him to the line, make him shoot free throws under pressure. Instead of fouling Jack, you foul Kobe Bryant. Yeah. And so I, I really question our, I mean, our NC State coach, obviously, he's, he's good at developing players. But as far as game strategy goes, he leaves a lot to be desired. No, I, no, I, hey, that, well, I wouldn't, I don't know if it's a national championship, but they would be most likely in the Elite Eight. Now, I'm not sure we've got, a national championship is asking, asking a lot. But, um, but yeah, Kevin Keats, I mean, he is, uh, again, he's a good recruiter, but he just, he doesn't have the, um, the late game strategies for me that's really lethal. You know what I mean? And the defense, I think the defensive game plan is a lot of times 
questionable. You know, uh, Duke, we kind of let Duke have their way on defense and, you know, didn't probably rebound probably as, as well as we should have. But we keep NC State's able to overcome a lot of mistakes just with chemistry and athleticism. We've got a lot of guys who can make threes. We got a lot of speed on that team. But most importantly, I think, is we have uh, basically last year's version of Jalen Williams playing for us in DJ Byrne. And that's what Arkansas is missing. They're missing that Jalen Williams guy down low this year who dominates the paint, able to take charges, swat shots. They're missing that presence. You know, obviously they're a young team. They've, they've got a lot of talent. And basketball, especially this time of year, can be so much about matchups late in the year. You match up with the right madness. team. Yeah, it's part of the madness. That's why it is madness. Part of the madness. And so, you know, Arkansas has definitely, uh, they've, they've gotten a good taste of the type of competition they need to be playing against throughout the season. Frankly, they've matched up real well against a lot of them, and others they've, you know, fallen flat against. So, um, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I'm, I'm excited to see. Uh, tentatively planning to um, to go and watch one of those games if I can uh, this next week. We, we, might, we might be doing a, a podcast from, uh, from actually in the building of the SEC tournament at the uh, Gaylord Arena in, uh, in Nashville. I'm sorry, Bridgestone Arena. Talking talking basketball and uh, and welcome in the month of March. Amen to that. 